Hi everybody, just a quick show note for you before we get started with today's episode. We are going to be skipping one episode. We are taking the March 13th episode off. I am moving and trying to coordinate a time to record. Prior to that was just a little bit too difficult with my schedule and Anne's schedule. So I'm so sorry about that, but we will be back at the end of March with more new episodes for you. Thanks. And welcome to the Well Read Podcast, a bi weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we're going to preview the books that we are looking forward to that are coming out this spring and summer. So uh, we haven't done one of these in a little while. We made the decision to go, instead of doing this quarterly, to twice a year. I am super excited because I feel like there were so many good books to choose from that I loved the idea of really picking the eight books that stood out to me as did you feel that way yeah i it was it was so i shouldn't say so much harder because the the winter publishing season is is the lowest season of the uh, or i shouldn't say lowest the smallest uh season of the publishing year so sometimes it would be hard to pick eight books that i was excited about and Uh so this time it was hard because i had to take out so many books that i want to talk about and i think even I mean, we're combining two seasons, but I think that no matter what, this is one of the strongest publishing seasons I think I've ever seen. So yeah. I could have switched out my list probably twice over with. Oh, absolutely. It was I totally could have done this by myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 16 books. Luckily, we're friends and we want luckily. to share. <laughs> I know. Luckily. And some of the books that you are mentioning are also ones that I am excited yes, about. Vice versa. So it worked out well. Yeah. And, uh, and we should tell everybody that some very exciting news is that we're going to be seeing each other in person oh, this yeah. week. Is that fun? We're so excited. I know. I am traveling to Nashville for the Public Library Association conference this week, and Nashville is where Anne, you live, and yes. so we're going to get to see each other. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a great time, and if we had more time, we could have done an in-person recording session. I thought about that. Closet, I know. But... I know. We just don't have enough time, yeah, but that would have been fun. It's it's good enough that we're getting to go to dinner together, but yes. it's it, yeah, it's a pretty crazy couple of days with um, various parties and things. Yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah, I'm excited to show Hallie my city. I knew it's a city I've never... I still don't know very well. <laughs> yeah, well, and I've never been to Nashville, so whatever you show me is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'll just tell you whatever I want. <laughs> make things up yeah uh all right so we we probably could just go ahead and start talking about our books let's say let's give the time frame these are all books that are going to be released between what did we say march and august yes. is that what we did yeah okay yeah. so march and august some of them are actually going to be by the time this posts it won't be too long before some of the mine are going to be out so oh, you won't okay. have to wait for very long which is awesome cool. uh, but we can go ahead and just dive right in yeah well first we want to give honorable mentions to oh, yes. a couple of books that we have mentioned a bunch or or talked about completely but um and fit within this time frame but we figured we would give you more uh books rather than rehashing the same books that we've talked about so one of them is we write upon sticks by Quan berry which 
I talked about during our witch episode um, that is coming out in March. And then The Air Affair by Jessica Morgan and Heather Cox is the sequel to The The Royal We, which we've talked about many, many times because we love it so much. And that comes out in June, I think. Yes, I believe Um, so. Yes. So those are those are just two books that would have made this list if we hadn't already uh, sung about them from the rooftops. So, (laughs) Yes, we have, I think, talked about them, especially the air affair we just talked about when we did our royal episode not too long ago. Two episodes ago or something. Yeah. All right, Anne, what's your first one? Okay, first is My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell, and it comes out on March 10th. Um, You've probably heard about this before because I think it's one of the buzziest books of the year, and I'm actually in the middle of it. I I had to read it for work, and I I read about half of it before I had to move on to something else, but I really like it, and I'm kind of mad that I haven't finished it because it's really, really intriguing and compelling. Um, It's set in 2017, which is not that long ago, but the world has changed a lot in that time. So it's set right at the beginning of the Me Too movement. It's about a woman named Vanessa Y who learns that her former, former high school mentor has been accused of an inappropriate relationship with a former student, and she wants to believe that it was consensual because when she was in high school, she also had a relationship with this teacher who was 42 years old at the time. So the student reaches out to Vanessa um, to back up her story, and Vanessa must decide whether to stay silent or, or if she's going to have to reframe everything that she believes about her first love, and she's still close to him, and so this is a really, really awful decision for her. So I like so far that it's it talks about how power is used to trick vulnerable people to think that they're willing participants in what an abuser is doing, and I like how it is trying to frame memory and how we grapple with with our memories that don't serve us later in life. So of course this is basically essential reading right now. So that is My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Yeah, that one has been getting quite a lot of attention and I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. There was a little bit of drama around it, I think, actually. But Yeah, there was. Yeah. It, it sounds less, from what I've read, it's less uh, plausible yeah. of what the author is being accused of, of, yes. of a plagiarism thing, than some yeah. other books that are yeah. that have come out. So so I'm, I'm not sure how that will play out in its publishing life, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Well, my first one is The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. It comes out March 24th. It is, uh, I d- actually don't know that much about it. I have purposely not read too much. And even when I was putting together this list, I didn't really read anything. So I'm very sorry if anybody's just dying to know more about it. <laughs> but the, I I don't need to know anything about this book because I loved her book this, um, that came out a few years ago, Station Eleven, so much. I think it, actually, I think it's more than a few years. I think it came out in like 2014, maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a while. So I, all I know about this is that it, it has multiple connected storylines, but it's mainly about a brother and a sister and their relationship. And I think maybe they're estranged. And then something to do with a Ponzi scheme that I keep kind of like hearing <laughs> hints of. And so, and then I did, I did in the description or in a review that I was skimming, I did see that 
Uh, somebody referred to the unexpected connections between disparate characters and the lasting effect of a moment of carelessness. Ooh. And I was like, okay, I'm on board. Yes. I could, I am, I'm excited for this. And a couple of people that I follow their uh, Goodreads reviews or listen to other book podcasts have read it and loved it. So I and have said that people who love Station Eleven won't be disappointed because um, sometimes the hype from a prior book gets you so excited yeah. and especially a long wait yeah. you just are the expectations are so so high and so for this one it sounds like she delivers so I'm excited about it yeah. uh it's the glass hotel by emily st john mandel out march 24th cool um, my next book is in five years by rebecca searle and it comes out on march 10th as well this is an author who writes mostly ya but she i think has written one other book for adults I think only one, but but it's it's she seems to be doing successfully on on both counts. So this is an intriguing spin on the cliched interview question of where do you see yourself in five years, um, which I hate I hate that answer <laughs> or that question. It's I don't have an answer for that. Um, so this book centers on an ambitious lawyer named Danny Cohen, and she thinks she knows exactly where she's going in life because her fiance just proposed to her and she has this really fantastic interview and she goes to bed that night. Um, and it's December 15th, 2020. And she, when she wakes up, she realizes she's wearing a different engagement ring than the one she had and that there's a different man in bed beside her. And she looks at, um, I think there's like a news scroll on TV and she sees that the date is December 15th, 2025. So she has this very um, anxiety-filled hour where she doesn't know what's going on, but then somehow she wakes up again and everything is back to normal. So she dismisses the whole thing and she just gets back to her awesome life. And then four and a half years later, she meets the man from her vision. So I like this, um, not only because the plot sounds awesome, but because it it sounds like it's hitting the same notes as chiclet with its manhattan setting and the sort of the love versus ambition um angle but it seems to have a more introspective tone so it sounds like it'll probably be a better read alike for something like taylor jenkins read which mm -hmm. i'm 100 on board with so mm -hmm. that is in five years by rebecca searle i'm so excited for that i that was one i almost had on my list and then swapped it out for something else just to give my list a little bit more variety. Yeah. But I read The Dinner List last year, which was by yes. Rebecca Searle. That was and I was trying to think of. Yeah. Did you did you read that? Uh uh, I haven't read yeah, that. Yeah, I loved that. It was in so that that premise was I may have talked about it actually on the on the podcast. I can't remember, but the premise is based on that question about if you could have dinner with five living or dead people, who would it be? Like mm -hmm. you're you know, sometimes that's a fun thought exercise to do yeah and so in that in the dinner list that's what actually happens is she has dinner with five people from her brain basically like that that one of them I think is Audrey Hepburn oh. and then one is like an ex-boyfriend and anyway so it was it it was very much like a Taylor Jenkins read kind of feeling to it so I'm so excited for in five years there have been some other books that have not this exact same premise but something similar and I always like it like the questions about choices in life and yeah. what happens in the future and I don't know I just love it well it's kind of cool that she's writing books based on sort of cliched questions yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize that there was like I knew the basic premise of the of the journalist but I hadn't really put it together that that was yeah that was the she's she's continuing a theme with that yeah that's really cool yeah. that's cool 
All right, so uh, my next one is If I Never Met You by Mary McFarlane. It comes out March 24th also. And this one sounds sort of like a, a cross between a romance and chiclet. It is about a woman named Lori whose partner of 18 years abruptly breaks the, breaks things off. Oh, gosh. And, which would be bad enough, but worse, they work together. No. So, and then soon after their breakup, Lori learns through the office grapevine that his new girlfriend is pregnant. And so she is distraught, of course, but also wants to preserve her uh, reputation. She doesn't want anyone to feel pity for her yeah and one day she gets stuck in the elevator with a man named jamie who also works at the law firm where she works and he is a notorious playboy and he's trying to climb the corporate ladder and i guess it's is it a corporate ladder if it's a lawyer i guess (laughs) yeah right ish i guess anyway but is there a lawyer for a ladder for librarians or do we also do that I don't know. Do we? I guess. (laughs) I mean, people could sort of move up to be higher in like an administration level. Yeah, but we wouldn't say the corporate ladder for for us, would we? No, but I think that's partially because libraries are nonprofits. Right. But if... if I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I don't know if he wants to... He wants to be promoted, basically. And because of his reputation as a womanizer, they don't think he's a serious candidate. Like, he's, he, there's a sort of this outdated idea that you have to be settled down with a family and that oh, means you're okay. stable and that sort of thing. Lori and Jamie get stuck in an elevator together and start talking. And they realize that they can come to this mutually beneficial agreement where they can pretend to date. And Jamie's reputation will be rehabbed because he will have this stable, steady relationship. And Lori won't look pitiful to their coworkers because she's moved on just like her ex has moved on. So it's this great premise where they you know, it's all fake. It's all pretend. But then real feelings start to bubble up between the two. And I I read another book by Mary McFarlane last year that was sort of the same mix of romance and chiclet. And what I liked about it is the characters really have depth, but it's also really funny and romantic and, and light. And that combination, I think, is always appealing to me. So I'm looking forward to this. It is I Never Met You. Oh, excuse me. If I Never Met You by Mary McFarlane. That sounds super cute. It sounds adorable. I feel like there are a lot more stuck elevator conversations in fiction than ever have <laughs> happened in real life. I know, because this is sort of the same premise as The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that anyone that's ever gotten stuck in an elevator... Me neither. Huh. <laughs> I have to think about this. <laughs> um, okay, my next book is Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel, and that comes out on March 17th. And this should be retitled Darling of the Library World because it is so buzzy. I have heard so much about this book, and it gets talked about constantly on any um, like library discussion board it's it's just very very popular right now so this is one to watch out for um so the premise is that if for 18 years rose gold watts has believed that she was seriously ill and she's been in the hospital um basically her whole life and uses a wheelchair and she is allergic to everything and she really can only depend on her mother patty so the community uh, rallies around the family and offers money for treatments and and just a lot of financial support but there aren't uh any 
signs of what's going on with her and doctors can't figure out what's wrong. Um, and I'm basically going to quote from the back of the book because it's such a good line. It, it says, uh, turns out that pa- Patty was just a really good liar. <laughs> I think that's such a great, a great, uh, intriguing line. So five years later, Patty is released from prison for the things that she did to Rose Gold, but she doesn't have anywhere to go. So she can only turn to her daughter for help. And Rose Gold decides to take her in, which shocks everyone. Um, but Patty says that she wants to reconcile and Rose Gold knows that this is a lie because Rose Gold is the one that turned her in and she testified against her. So she knows what Patty is capable of, but Patty doesn't know what Rose Gold can now do. Um, so if you know your true crime, you know that this is obviously modeled on the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother, Dee Dee. Um, and, I, and this was re- uh, recently adapted into a series on Hulu called The Act, which I haven't seen because I'm too freaked out by it to watch it. But I really, really want to. But I know some of the details from this this case. And so I'm kind of scared to watch it for that reason. But it's just one of the weirdest stories you've ever heard in your life. Um, so you should... Uh, google it if you want more about that but i love that this there's this kind of revenge take in a, in a different way than i was expecting to the story so um, it has a fantastic cover and it's there's just nothing that doesn't sound awesome about this book and that is darling rose gold by stephanie robel that was going to be on my list as well so i'm yes. so happy you talked about it yes. <laughs> all right my next one is to have into hoax by martha waters it comes out april 7th oh, this one sounds so cute it sounds adorable. And so I uh, want to give full disclosure that she is local. She lives in Chapel. Well, I actually, I shouldn't say I have no idea where she lives. She works at the Chapel Hill Public Library and oh, I cute. am in Durham. And I don't know her personally, but I do have mutual friends. Some of my coworkers know her and are friends with her. So uh, I feel like I should say that. So I don't know her, although I do follow her reviews on Goodreads and have for years. <laughs> uh, so I kind of feel like I know her, uh, but I don't personally know her. But so this is a Regency romance and it's about a couple who fell in love and got married five years ago and had a huge fight and now they haven't spoken in like four and a half years so but they were super (laughs) in love at first uh and then one day violet the the wife gets a letter that james the husband has been thrown from a horse and is badly injured and in need of care so she rushes to be by his side only to find him in a tavern, perfectly fine, drinking, and she's so mad. She is so, so mad. So she decides she's going to play a trick on him, and she pretends to be sick, which he immediately sees through and decides, well, he'll play a prank on her. And so the pranks keep escalating as the two just love needling each other. They love getting under each other's skin, and they're trying to deny that there is still a spark there and there is still love there by playing all these practical jokes on each other. Uh, and it just sounds so charming and fun, and it sort of reminded me of The Hating Game, which was a, a modern-day romance mm-hmm. that was about two co-workers that, that did that sort of thing, like went back and forth with lots of different pranks and stuff. But it's set in the Regency time period, and Regency romances are some of my favorite uh, historical romances. So that is To Have and to Hoax by Martha Waters. That sounds so fun and, like, <laughs> and so modern. But I know. I love, the, I, love, I love the historical take on it. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, so up next is Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, and it comes out on May 5th. Um, and I really, really love everything of hers that I've written. Or I've written. <laughs> Say that again. I really, really love the, all the books of hers that I've read. Um, she wrote The Poet X, and uh, that was two years ago, and she won the Prince Award for that. And then last year she wrote the With the Fire on High, and they're both fantastic. So um, go read those if you haven't yet. Um, so the Poet X is written in poetry form and with a fire on high was prose, but she's back to poetry with this book. And it's about two girls and one of them lives in the Dominican Republic and one is in New York. And um, so Carmen in the Dominican Republic is waiting for her father's annual visit for the summer, but he but she learns that his um, plane crashed and that he has died. And then at the same time, Yahaira is in New York and she's called to the principal's office where she meets her mother and her mother tells her that her father died on his way to the Dominican Republic so this is the same man and and both girls idolized their father but they didn't know about each other so they're forced to grapple with the things that their father kept from them but also this new strange and um, potentially wonderful relationship in their lives so um, I, I love that this is focused on sisters and I love like I said I love her books uh, so much and I really would love to for uh, the, with the fire on high to have won the prince again last year, so I feel like she just can do no wrong, basically. So that is uh, "Clap When You Land" by Elizabeth Acevedo. Yeah, I'm so excited for that one too. My next one is "The Vanishing Half" by Britt Bennett. It comes out June 2nd, which is the day after my birthday, which is such a nice <gasps> birthday gift to me. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Britt Bennett wrote "The Mothers" uh, maybe in 2017 few years ago which I absolutely love so I'm sensing a theme as I am talking about all of these books that many of these are the second book after a book that I loved so there you go let's That's, just assume that that is why I'm choosing every yeah, book the from point now of on. anticipation is, is uh, you have previous experience with good things uh, so this one is about twins who run away from home at age 16 and it looks at how different their lives are from each other 10 years later so one lives in the same small southern town that they that they tried to escape from and is a single mother. And the other is attempting to pass as white and has a husband who is white who knows nothing about her past. But you know that the secrets that they're trying to keep are not going to stay hidden. Uh, one of the things that I loved about the mothers was it was about these really well-developed characters who were flawed and relatable and made choices that felt like people like choices that actual people would make this to me feels like very much in the same vein like you make a decision and you are a person who isn't always perfect and and what the ramifications are those are of those choices are and then um also, what it means to be a family, which was very much a theme in The Mothers as well. So I think I just loved The Mothers. It was I loved her writing. I loved the way she told the story. I loved her character. So I can't wait for this. It's The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I'm excited for that one, too. It sounds mm -hmm. awesome. Um, my next book is Rodham by Curtis Settenfield. Yeah, yes. And it comes out on June 30th. And this imagines what would have happened if Hillary Clinton hadn't married Bill. I don't know that I need to say any more than that. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. I will, though. 
Um, so the story starts as it really happened. So Hillary Rodham is a brilliant student studying law at Yale in 1971, and she meets the very charming and charismatic Bill Clinton, and she follows him back to Arkansas when, after they graduate. So in real life, he had to propose several times before she accepted, and in this book, she never says yes. So it speculates on what the next 40 years would look like for her as she follows her own ambition, but she still is crossing paths with Bill, um, which I love that part of it, that they're they're not going to just have them out of their lives completely. I love Mm -hmm. that there's still going to be this interaction there. So I think we've shown through many of these books that we've talked about that we love thought experiments like this. So um, to me, this is kind of a subset of alternative history that I prefer over the more um, sci-fi fantasy takes on it. Um, Mm. This, I just, as soon as I heard about this, I I was, I was on board. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the Burr, the Blur, Uh, promises an examination of moral ambivalence and the compromises that women must make to live in a world controlled by men and I'm very interested in that as well so everything just sounds perfect about this and that is Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld. So excited. And I really like her other books too so it's. Yeah me too. She's we're in good hands with this. Yeah absolutely yeah she's one of my favorite she's like a sneaky favorite author of mine. Yeah. I don't I yeah I, I don't often if somebody asks for my favorite authors i don't know that i would include her but i have absolutely loved everything i've ever read by her yeah yeah all right my next one is the marriage game by sarah desai it comes out june 9th do you know about this one yes okay so it sounds so great it is (laughs) about a woman named layla whose life falls apart i don't know where she is living when her life falls apart or what that entails but apparently things go awry and she decides to return him to her family who live in San Francisco and her dad very kindly offers the office above his restaurant as a space that Layla can use so she can start a new business that she has in mind uh what what she doesn't know that he also does on her behalf is create an online dating profile for her and he communicates with people and sets up blind dates for her that she doesn't really realize she is going on At the same time, Sam is the CEO of a corporate downsizing company and is searching for a new office, and he thinks he's found the perfect office space, but lo and behold, there's a miscommunication, and he is sharing the office that Layla's dad has given to her. So they are sharing this space unwillingly, I would say, and uh, he gets a front row seat to all the dating misadventures that are happening, and sparks start flying between the two of them. So even though she is being set up with all these other men, there's a man right there sharing her office that she is sort of interested in, sort of not thinking that he is an ideal mate for various reasons. So it just sounds so fun. It's uh, The Marriage Game by Sarah Desai. That sounds so cute. I know, it sounds adorable. Uh, okay, so next is uh, Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. It comes out on June 30th, and it's described as a reimagining of classic gothic horror set in an isolated mansion in 1950s Mexico. Oh, so good. <laughs> Sounds so good. Um, so the main character is named, I think it's Noemi, is the, the way you pronounce this. Um, And she gets a frantic letter from a cousin begging her to come save her. And so she travels to a mansion called High Place, where her cousin has recently married a handsome Englishman. And the house is mysterious and menacing, and it's dominated by the cousin's husband and his father, who are both drawn to Noemi. And she also, I think there's a, I think it's the younger 
brother of the husband is is my i think what they're saying in the in the blurb um but she finds an ally in this this uh this other man but he also has secrets about the family um that she doesn't she doesn't quite understand so the house begins to enter noemi's dreams and um their her dreams are filled with with madness and horror and she begins to be um really lured in by the house and it's it's having a really strange effect on her um but i think maybe the best part of of what i've read about this book is that noemi is a debutante so she wears bold red lipstick and she has these gorgeous dresses in that very 1950s new look kind of way um but she's very tough and she's willing to go in to to uh, without hesitation to solve this mystery on her her cousin's behalf. Um, I know that I've said this before. I'm sure I will say it again in this podcast that I love diverse genre fiction, and mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a diverse gothic novel like this Mm-mm. before. Maybe maybe if you think of like Asian horror, then that might count, but um, but not like a, a like a major publisher kind of kind of thing like this. So. Um, I, I will say that when we started talking about this episode, this was the very first book that I wrote down. I'm so so excited for this one. And it is called Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. She is such an interesting writer. She really is. Such, such a variety in what she writes. Yeah. Yeah. But all based on like Latinx kind of mythology. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. I just love that she's doing you like diverse horror right now is is a thing but it seems kind of under the radar a little bit but she's mm-hmm. she's definitely been doing it for a few yeah. years and i i just really yeah. admire that so yeah all right my next one is i was told it would get easier by abby waxman it comes out june 16th <laughs> yay. Uh, yay i know i've talked about abby waxman before she writes such smart modern fiction about women it's the only way I can say why I love her books so much. She, they're they're not really chick lit. They're not romance, but they have elements of both of those. But she writes about like modern life for women, yeah. particularly women with kids. I think I don't have kids, but I do think she sort of taps into that. Um, anyway, she's just great. They're funny. They're interesting. The characters are great. And this one sounds like another one I'm just gonna love. It's about a mother daughter duo who are going on a college tour together but it's not just the two of them they're on a road trip with a bus of other people who are also doing this tour and they have grown distant from each other and the daughter isn't even really sure she wants to go to college but she hasn't broken that news to her mother yet so this just sounds like such a recipe for a really entertaining story because they're i love these forced proximity kind of stories because all all everything comes out in the in the wash when you're you're forced to be with somebody for all this time. Um, and then, you know, the the female relationship between mother and daughter is always fascinating and complicated. So can't wait to read this one. It's I was told it would get easier by Abby Waxman. I really like her writing style, too, because she doesn't. She writes the way people actually talk. Mm-hmm. And at least in, in uh, the bookish life of Nina Hill, she mm-hmm. like there was one part that made me just sort of sit back with with surprise because she talked about Nina picking up her wallet, but she says that wa- she calls it a wallet 
phone combination thingy Mm -hmm. and that's so much how people talk because you don't know what to call it and so she doesn't try to find the right word for it and like research what the word is she just says the word that everyone uses for something like that and I I just it was so surprising to me and I love that she she just is very realistic in that way yeah I yeah I've just really thoroughly enjoyed every book I have read by her um, okay, my next book is One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, and it comes out on July 7th. This is a take on the Bachelor franchise that I think sounds really fun and fabulous. So it's about a plus-sized fashion blogger named B, and she has just this amazing life. She has awesome family and friends and great clothes, and she has tons and tons of followers who trust her judgment, but she doesn't have a relationship. And I think, if I'm remembering right, she had um, a breakup that she's trying to get over. So the re- the whole country is obsessed with a reality TV show called uh, Main Squeeze that's just a, a stand-in for The Bachelor, basically. Um, and she obsessively follows this as well, but she's annoyed that there have only been very thin women on the show um, and they've never featured anyone besides just the, the most model-esque women possible. So then she gets this call that um, really shocks her and Main Squeeze wants her to be its new star with men competing for her. So she agrees, um, but she's very upfront that she will not fall in love and she just wants to send a message to America about body positivity and she wants to get a free hot air balloon ride. That's it. So of course things don't go as planned and everything is more complicated than she imagined and behind the scenes there are lots of things going on that she didn't know about and reality and the fairy tale are going to clash but it, it of course there's going to be a perfect ending for her at the end of this. So I haven't watched The Bachelor in years but I love anything that's about behind the scenes mm-hmm. Hollywood So um, and the message sounds really great. Um, I kind of wish I were watching The Bachelor again because it seems to have gotten... Um, like insanely popular once again yeah and, which, which is kind of a weird too. trajectory so um so i don't know if this is going to have specific uh references to things that bachelor fans would know but it, it just sounds like a really really fun um uh kind of chiclet uh possibly romance that that i uh surprisingly I'm on board for since I don't usually love romance um, or I, I think I have to amend that that I, I am always pulled in by it but then I don't always love the execution but I always want to read it the covers mm-hmm. just make me want to to read everything so that's one to watch by Kate Stamen London my next one is Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan it comes out June 23rd and it's so I just finished the book Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed this week and I'm actually going to hold off talking about it because I have a feeling it's something I'm going to want to dive into on one of the episodes on some yeah. topic yet to be determined but I just think it's something I'm going to want to but I do want to talk to people about it because it was so good <laughs> anyway my point being that Friends and Strangers sounds very similar to the setup of Such a Fun Age and it's always so fascinating to me when that happens this has happened a few times that in recent memory that I can recall where two books are published very close together that have a very similar aspect to them and it I I don't I'm not accusing anyone of plagiarism I just think like ideas sort of percolate that and catch catch people's attention and then they're executed by different people in different ways I don't know it's just interesting but this one interesting yeah so this one is about a woman named Elizabeth she's a new mother and she is drifting a bit um in her new role and her new life my impression is she's to be very successful lived in the city maybe 
maybe New York, I don't know, but now is living in the suburbs and not sure quite what to do with her time. She isn't really very focused on, um, I think she's a journalist or a writer of some sort. And so she's not, not really buckling down and doing the work that she needs to do. She keeps getting sucked into uh, scrolling through Instagram or reading mom blogs all day long. And so she decides to hire a senior from the local college to babysit to help her free up some of her time so she can she can start working again. Uh, but they quickly become friendly with each other and really bond. And Elizabeth feels like she has this kindred spirit in, um, in Sam, the babysitter. And then Sam develops a relationship. I don't know if it's platonic or romantic, but a relationship of some sort with Elizabeth's father-in-law. And it becomes clear that there are many more differences between Elizabeth and Sam than Elizabeth thought that there were. So uh, that sounds intriguing to me. I love these sort of like power dynamic kind of situations where she's feeling adrift and, but yet she's hiring somebody that now she's becoming friends with and what that entails. And I don't know, I just think it's fascinating. So this is Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan. J. Courtney Sullivan's another one who does, uh, I think, women's relationships really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is just a dumb, a dumb side story, but I met uh, (laughs) Kylie Reed at work and Uh um, I texted Hallie to say, she, I met her and it was so interesting and she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life and then like a day later I texted Hallie again and said did I tell you that I met Hallie Reed and she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen and she's like yeah you told me no I think so I think it was more than a day give yourself a little bit of credit I think it was like a week later and... I don't know that it, I think you're being generous <laughs> But my, no, my, I didn't think you were losing your mind. I just thought you were very impressed with her beauty. <laughs> yeah, she was so beautiful. It was like otherworldly beauty that, like, no one else in the room had any anything close to that. It was, it was very, like, we just couldn't stop staring at her. She was so, I mean, she was very smart and very interesting, and I, and I, uh, have been very impressed with everything I've I've heard her say. But but you know, when there's someone that beautiful in the room, and you're just like oh my gosh like she's so, incandescent it yeah, sounds like yeah it's, oh, uh, it was it was a, a I might have been sick or sleep deprived yeah. or just really busy at work but I truly had no idea I told Hallie this before well here's my sneaky way of talking about her without actually talking about her is I listened coincidentally listened the same day I finished the book I listened to a podcast that did an interview with her uh-huh. and she said something that I was just like yes that's exactly right she said her favorite books are ones that you still have questions after they're over yeah. and I thought yes that's so perfect and that's exactly how such a fun age was like things wrap up but you still have questions or you still think about the characters and their situation afterwards yeah. which I just thought that summed it up so beautifully and so I thought I Kylie Reed will read whatever you write yeah. from now on she's like she's going to be a great a great addition to yes. our favorites yeah. yes um okay my last book is the all night sun by diane zena and it comes out on august 4th and this is for fans of the movie midsummer which i would be a fan because i've read a ton about it because it sounds awesome <laughs> but i'm too freaked out to actually watch it so this <laughs> is my substitute to get that feeling so it's about a woman named lauren cress who leads a quiet life and she is a writing teacher at um a small college and she's liked by her students and her colleagues but she's um she's just not very uh gregarious she and she's struggling internally because she's still traumatized by her parents sudden death 10 years prior and she then meets a swedish um study abroad student named siri who has a like 
the the kind of personality that Laura wa- Lauren wants because she's super charming and and just uh, people are really drawn to her and they become close friends and it's kind of this this um, a little bit of attraction of opposites. Um, so after the semester is over, then Siri invites her home to Sweden for the summer, um, which um, tip Swedish summer is peak summer. If if you don't know that, then you have to get yourself to Sweden in the summer at some point because it is it is peak summer and as someone who um, always has to rag on Sweden a bit because Denmark and Sweden are are mortal enemies <laughs> in theory, then that's saying something. If I'm saying Swedish summer is peak summer, it is insane. So um, of course she has Lauren has to accept this because it's the the perfect thing to do. But it's really unlike her usual behavior. This isn't this isn't really something that she would normally jump on. But when they get there, Lauren meets Ciri's uh, older brother, Maunus, and he is uh, just this kind of brooding, um, like, Byronic hero kind of, kind of character. And somehow this changes Ciri's behavior completely, and she becomes petty and resentful and can even be cruel. Um, so on the last night of the trip, Lauren goes on a camping trip with Siri and her friends to celebrate Midsummer, which is the longest day of the year, and um, the sun doesn't set and everything is going to go wrong, um, which I think this makes it sound very horror-filled, and I mm-hmm. like that, but I think from other things I've read that it's more about friendship and dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. so, um, so I'm kind of not sure what, what tone it's going to take, but if you like the setting intention of Midsummer, then this sounds like it would be a good... Um, kind of follow-up pick for to get more of that and that is the all-night sun by diane zena yeah midsummer not for me <laughs> <laughs> my last one is transcendent kingdom by ya Jossi. it comes out july 20th this i think is the book i am most excited about on yeah. my whole list i think because homegoing is just such 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 a wonderful book it was a favorite read. I still think about it. I just, I don't know. I haven't read a book that I've loved that much in a long, long time. And so I just am so excited at the prospect of this. Uh, it is about a family of Ghanaian immigrants who are living in Alabama, which basically that's all you need to tell me. And I'd be like, sure, I'll read that. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be fascinating. Uh, but if you need to know a little bit more, the main character is named Gifty. She's a graduate student who is studying reward-seeking behavior in mice. And her brother, uh, who was a talented high school athlete, uh, died of a heroin overdose. And her mother is basically um, won't get out of bed. She is so depressed and she is suicidal. And, and Gifty is struggling with how to deal with all of this that's going on in her life. And she, as a scientist, wants to take a scientific approach to understand why her family is suffering and and the suffering that she sees every day around her. So, uh, But at the same time, she is also drawn to the evangelical faith of her childhood. She sort of drifted away from that as you might, I don't know, that you might expect, I guess, somebody who's very scientifically minded to maybe not be into an evangelical perspective of, of religion, but um, she's drawn back to that sort of as a place to find answers. And so I love the idea of any book that's going to grapple with issues of faith and science and the intersection there and family and grief and loss. It just all sounds like... Um, sounds like something that will just really be a beautiful not I, I, I from the descriptions like this is all sad 
I'm sorry, my dogs are barking in the background. Uh, <laughs> this all sounds like it could be sad and depressing, but I trust that yeah, Jossie has something important to say. And so I don't think it's going to turn out to be that way, even though it sounds like such a sad premise. I feel like there's going to be some beauty to be found here. So that is Transcendent Kingdom by Yaa Jassi. Yeah, that that one, I'm, when I got a, I think I saw it was on the site that we used to get to get advanced copies. I, I immediately messaged you and said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is such a big deal because it's just, it's, she's such an amazing writer and she's so thoughtful and so smart in how she um, approaches her books and is so... Um, like just does unusual things that I hadn't seen before. So, so I'm really excited for this one too. Yeah. Oh, so excited. All right. We'll be right back with what we're reading this week. Okay. And what are you reading this week? This week, I'm listening to a book called Meet Cute. And... <gasps> this sounds just absolutely like something I would want to read. <laughs> and it's, um, I, I'm going to say by various authors, because it's a short story compilation that's centered on a common theme. So if you read um, the book My Love True Gave to Me, which is all romance books about, or romance stories about um, holiday themes, then then this is kind of the same the same vein um so this is ya and they're like i said all stories um that are about a romantic meeting in this case but the tone and the genre vary widely so it has really famous authors like sarah shepherd and nicola yoon and um julie murphy lots of other people too that are that are really big in the ya world um and so some stories are very realistic and then others are kind of you know speculative uh, universe with a lot of world building um so you if you, you there's kind of something for everyone that that um whether that's representation of these different couples um there's a, a transgendered couple there is two girls that are falling in love two boys that are falling in love um heterosexual couples there's there's really lots of of representation here um and then also lots of genre representation so that's that's very fun to to read so i'll just talk kind of briefly about um the the story that i've liked so far the most and it is by nina lacour who wrote we are okay which i have talked about before on the podcast and the story is called print shop and it's about a high school girl named Evie who is working her first day at a hip but very, very tiny um, Bay Area print shop. And they're known for being um, adverse to change and having uh, old fashioned, an old fashioned work uh, model. Um, and, and that's something that appeals to lots of people, but as far as social media goes and sort of getting their name out there, they, they don't have anything going. So she is, is um, going to take care of that. And so she starts their social media accounts and they instantly get a message um, that's negative about a print job that, that had an error. So um, Evie reaches out to the person who posted it and it turns out to not be a troll, but a very reasonable and kind girl named Lauren who needs a print job finished ASAP for an important event event at her school um and there was a spelling error on the original product and so she she needs this to be fixed so evie decides that she's going to make this happen and she starts to investigate lauren and she develops sort of a, a um 
online crush on her based on her profile and so the the most of the interactions they have um take place over uh online interactions so that's just kind of a um a fun um, a meet cute development <laughs> to this <laughs> to this uh, uh romance so it's just so sweet and it's really charming and it feels um very realistic because the relationship doesn't move too fast um a lot some of these other stories end with with a more fully formed relationship that I think would be realistic for the time frame, but this is this is ends at the perfect time. Um, so as this title promises, these stories are going to make you swoon a little bit, and some have a darker tone than others, but they're all very romantic and um, just really great characters. So it, so far, um, so there's some things that have really stood out to me. There obviously there's going to be some that I like less than than others but it's still very um it's kind of perfect for commutes because you just get a short story in that time so um that is meet cute by lots of people sounds adorable yeah you would love it all right so what I'm reading this week is the holdout by Graham Moore I actually just finished this last night which I wasn't expecting because I started it I think two days ago and <laughs> finished it last night but I loved it it was so good so it came out on February 18th and I actually didn't know anything about it I had just finished such a fun age which I mentioned how much I loved and one night before bed I was scrolling through the advanced readers copies I have on my kindle just trying to find something that was going to be different because when I read a book that I love a lot I, I if I try to read something that's too similar right after it generally pales in comparison. So I like to go for a totally different kind of genre. So I was scrolling through trying to figure out what to read and the holdout, all I knew about it was it was a mystery. And so I thought, well, that's good because such a fun age is more about relationships and like yeah. uh, all sorts of like modern day stuff. And I was like, oh, mystery sounds perfect. So, but it was like uh, such an unexpected surprise because I didn't know anything about it. So it's about a woman uh, who named Maya who's an attorney and 10 years prior to when the book begins she was on the jury she at the time was not a lawyer and she was on the jury of a very famous trial where a 25 year old teacher was accused of killing his 17 year old student he is a black man she is a beautiful blonde 17 year old girl from a very very wealthy family and so you can imagine what sort of national attention this case gets. The jury is sequestered during the trial for five months. So they have no idea what the perception of this trial is. Oh, and he is acquitted because there, even though there are some, there's some evidence that that the two of them, the teacher and the student were having an affair. Maya feels like there's just not enough proof that he killed her. Namely, there's no body to be found, but they find blood in his car, uh, which, of course, the attorney has an explanation for and what have you. But anyway, she is the lone holdout, hence the title, on the jury to think that he is not guilty. And she's not saying that he is innocent, but she just doesn't feel like the legal proof is there that he is guilty of this, of this horrible crime that he's being accused of. And so she basically convinces the rest of the jury to vote for her not guilty over the course of a long time. Like it does, it's not a quick thing. So what happens in this, in this 10 years later timeline is that um, they're making a documentary series for the 
anniversary of this major trial. Um, and they've gathered all the jurors together to do interviews about the case and what happened. And on the first night that they're all back together at a hotel, one of the jurors is murdered. And Ooh. so, and it's in Maya's hotel room and she is the prime suspect. <gasps> so she starts investigating. Where's my candle? I need to raise this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so she is, um, starts investigating who really killed this man. And a, an added complication is that during the trial 10 years ago, she and the man who were who was killed were having an affair. And so <gasps> there are all sorts of secrets that that she doesn't want to come out, but there there are reasons why somebody would think that she was she was a prime suspect beyond just his body being found in her room. So uh, as she's investigating, you, you're learning about, the current timeline murder, but then you're also uncovering things from the past because the guy who was killed in the present day storyline basically spent the entire 10 years investigating. He was convinced that the the defendant was guilty. And so he then spent the next 10 years trying to figure out what really happened and, and uncover evidence that he had done it. And at the same time, he was also uncovering evidence about the other jurors. Um, so there are all these secrets and, and there are these two simultaneous kind of investigations going on of, of was Maya right 10 years ago? Was this man really not guilty of this crime? And then the current day trying to get herself out of trouble for murdering the fellow juror. So it was so good. It was so absorbing. It was such a quick read. Um, and it, it was, it felt so of the moment because it felt very much like kind of a little bit serial, the podcast um, with the element of the girl who, the high school girl who disappears. Also the OJ Simpson trial, because I don't know if you watched the documentary about the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. But they talk about the jurors that they interviewed after the fact, they were sequestered, I think for almost a year in a hotel. The part of the reason they came back with, the verdict so quickly it was just because they wanted to go home yeah like that's basically what it comes came down to is they felt like the faster we do this the quicker we get to go back to our families and our lives and so there's an element of that there too so um but then it, it's it's just a good mystery too so that is the holdout by graham Moore. oh my gosh i, Highly I heard about that one and i think i have it downloaded because the, yeah. the um premise sounded good but but yeah. you sold it <laughs> so well yeah, and it just came out uh, last week. All right, so we have a whole bunch of books to list off here. Um, Anne, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so I talked about My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell, In Five Years by Rebecca Searle, Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel, Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld, uh, Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, One to Watch by Kate Stamen-London, the All Night Sun by Diane Zena, and what I'm reading this week is Meet Cute by various authors. All right, and I talked about The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel, If I Never Met You by Mary McFarlane, To Have and to Hoax by Martha Waters, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, The Marriage Game by Sarah Desai, I Was Told It Would Get Easier by Abby Waxman, Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan, Transcendent Kingdom by Yaa Jassi. And then what I was reading this week was The Holdout by Graham Moore. I'm just looking and listening to you list yours off. I think part of why I think this is such a strong 
publishing season is because it's so many authors that I like who have books coming yeah. out and so many who I look forward to their books. I don't think that's always the way it goes. They're always I'm always excited about new releases. I'm always excited about new books to read. But I think that this, I don't recall a time where there were just so many authors that I've read before and loved their books who yeah. have books all coming out in a, in a small time period like this of six months. So yeah. I think that's part of why why it's, it sticks out as being a really exciting, exciting season. All right. So if you want to tell us what books you're excited are coming out, please, please get in touch with us. Our email is wellreadpod at gmail.com, or you can find us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at wellreadpodcast. Please take a look at our Facebook page. I posted a picture of a guest co-host that we had this week. Uh, please. He, he was a silent partner in the podcast. <laughs> For well, actually, he was silent until he was not silent, yeah. which you will probably hear in the background at some point. <laughs> Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast provider of choice. It helps other people find the show. Our theme music is "Kitten" by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com, where you can find a listing of all the books we talked about today, as well as every other episode. Thank you all for listening, and happy reading. Mm-hmm.